Well, good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you're joining us online. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've just been reflecting a lot about the fact that we have been at home for a really long time. We haven't been able to meet in person for a really long time. And there's this, uh, what psychologists are calling uh, online fatigue. And they're talking about how everybody in the world right now that is in a stay-at-home posture is experiencing what they're calling online fatigue. I suspect you may be feeling some of that, and maybe that's been your only way to connect with the outside world. And, and, and the thing that I'm noticing, and I think that the psychologists around the world are seeing, uh, is something that God already knew, and that is that we were never intended to do life online. We were never intended to do relationships on a screen. Now, they can be helpful and they can be a great tool for us during this season, but that's not God's plan for us. Relationships were something that God created and they're, they're intended to be in person. They're intended to be in the physical. And, and so what I want to do today is talk a little bit about how we can thrive in our relationships during this crisis because the Bible says so much about how important relationships are to our success. Now, you may or may not know this, but our church is a part of an, a relational network. Matter of fact, it's called the Next Level Relational Network. And uh, Pastor Matt and Sarah Keller lead that organization. And we're so blessed to be a part of it. And, and they've been breathing life into our church, especially during this time of crisis. And, and we've been listening and they've been keeping us ahead of the game in many ways. Uh, but the other day I was listening to Pastor Matt share about relationships, and he said this uh, particular sentence that struck me that I wanted to share with you today, and this is what he said. He said, relationships aren't optional, they're oxygen. Now let that sit for a second. Relationships aren't optional, they're oxygen. Now if you break that sentence down, you start to figure out that oxygen is essential. Because if we don't have oxygen, we die. We understand that. We get that. And so the thing that we have to fully grasp is that relationships are the very air we breathe in many ways. And sometimes during this situation, during this time of crisis, during this time of online and non-in-person events, I've found that because our relationships and how we relate to each other aren't like they used to be in the physical, people are struggling, and you probably can relate to that. And so what I want to do today is talk a little bit about what the Bible says in regards to relationships. And so, so if it is true, which I believe it is, that relationships are like oxygen, that means they're essential, the Bible talks about that as well. Matter of fact, the Bible says that relationships are the most important thing. Get that. Relationships are the most important thing in life. I don't know if you knew that, but that's what the Bible says. Listen to this in Matthew 22, Matthew 22, verse 36. Jesus is being kind of interrogated by the religious establishment and so they say to Jesus, teacher, verse 36, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replies to them, 
You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment. Now, in verse 39, he shifts a little bit and adds another piece. He says, a second and equally important, get that, equally important, is that we love our neighbor as ourselves. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So it's pretty clear that Jesus is saying that these two commandments are essential. They are critical. They are most important. But as you start to kind of peel it back, of course he's talking about my relationship with God and my relationship with people, but the key word there is relationship. So Jesus is very clearly telling us that the most important things in life, the most important thing in life is relationships. And so we have to understand that our loving relationship with God is first in importance. And our second relationship with others is most important. And see, that's what the Bible says, that these two relationships are absolutely critical to our health, to our success, to our mental well-being. And so in this situation we're in, I suspect that you're struggling a little bit in your relationships, that you're having a difficult time because we've been forced into this virtual world that honestly, God never intended for us to live this way long term. And so we've got to understand that and we've got to look at that because if we're ever going to understand and have good relationships, we have to understand how God defines them and how important they really are. Because see, here's the thing. We know that to have good relationships, it's not just something that happens. And matter of fact, to have great relationships, it's not just something that happens. It doesn't just fall into your lap. We get that because you, if you don't invest in your relationships, you're never going to have good relationships. And so I want to share an idea with you, and that is that healthy relationships are produced through consistent care and regular investment. Healthy relationships are developed and they come from or produced through consistent care and regular investment. Let me say it a different way. Let me, let me, let me change it uh, just a little bit and, uh, to this idea. Lazy love produces lousy relationships. Lazy love produces lousy relationships. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that when we don't care or we don't regularly invest, when we are lazy in our love, we will experience lousy relationships. I, I, you may be even in that place that you are experiencing some lousiness in your relationships right now. Uh, and, and, and the reason that is because of how God set it up is that we are not doing the things that we need to be doing to care and invest in those relationships right now. Some of that is intentional, like we're just kind of just not doing it in the physical with the people that we love. Some of that is really not just our fault because we're having a hard time figuring out how to do it in this world, in this online world. And so, so, so I want to just say to you, give yourself a little bit of a break today. Recognize that this is challenging. 
but it doesn't give us an excuse. We can either make excuses or we can make a difference. And so it's so important that we look at this and examine how important that it is that we're caring and regularly investing in our relationships. Because see, lousy, lazy love produces lousy relationships. And, 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 and so I just want to ask you this question. How consistently right now are you investing in the relationship, in your relationship with God and with other people? How consistently are you caring for that? How consistently are you investing in those two most important relationships, your relationship with God and your relationship with others? Now, I would say this. If you are experiencing lousiness right now in your relationships, there's hope. That's the good news of the scripture is that there's always hope for us. And, 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 but here's the reality is that we have to start to do some things that are going to lead to the results that we're looking for. In other words, that we have to let our earthly activity be worthy of our heavenly position. We have to let our earthly activity be worthy of our heavenly position. Now, now you may say, well, well, what does that mean? Well, the Bible says that if you are a Christ follower, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a son or daughter of the Most High God because you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, what that means is, is that you have a heavenly position. That's where you start from. You have a heavenly position. You have a relationship with the Most High God. And so what that means is, is that because of that position, I need to make sure that my activity on earth is reflecting that high position. And I, I suspect that's making sense to you. And so as I began to examine this, as I began to look at this, I started to discover that if there's ever going to be hope in our relationships, whether they're online or in the physical, we've got to get this right. Not just that relationships are important to God, but there are certain activities, certain behaviors that we have to do in order to see a particular result. Now, I don't know if you've ever went out and got some new duds. I suspect you have, but I, I think that's fun to do. You may, you may not, but, but I always enjoy getting a new outfit. And, and some of you probably can relate to that. And, and I had this opportunity one time, and, and I love to do this. I don't get to do it a lot, but it's something I really enjoy is getting fitted for a new suit. It's pretty fun. If you've never done it, you might want to try it. But, but I love to do that because, you know, there's something about something being tailor-made for me. No pun intended, you know. But, 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 but the thing is, is that there's something so kind of special. And, and when they measure you and they put this new garment on you and, and, and then you get it and, you, and it fits just right. And it's just like, wow, this is really nice. Suspect you've gotten new duds before. Some of you try new clothes on all the time. That's how you, that's how you roll. Some of you uh, go in your closet and you try on multiple garments and they don't make it back on the hanger. You, you just lay them on the floor. You're like, yeah, I won't wear that. Put that one off. Oh, I won't wear that. I'll put that one. And, and, and then you have all these clothes on the floor, all these clothes on the bed because you're trying on new garments. Now, what's the point? What's the point I'm getting at? This is what the Bible teaches that there was something about you that was old and there's something about you that's new. See, the Bible says that, that before you came into a relationship with Jesus, there was what would be called the old you. And then the Bible says because of Jesus, you become a new creation. 
And so we have to see that there is a shift that's occurring. And so because of your heavenly position, because of the new creature you've become in Christ, you now start from a foundation that you can then build on and have great success in your relationships. And so, so it's so important we understand that God has transformed us into something new. And so the new life within us needs to come out of us, if that makes sense. We need to, it needs to come out of us in our relationships. And I want to read something to you in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Verse 12 through 14. Now, as I set this up, it's important that you see right before all of this, Paul is describing to the church, he's saying, this is what your old life looked like. And he gives a whole big, long description of what it looked like to be pre-Jesus. And then he shifts his letter to talk about what it needs to look like as a result of your new standing, of your new heavenly position, of your new love that you have been birthed in, so to speak. And he goes on to say it this way in verse 12. He starts with establishing something very important. Verse 12, he says, since God chose you to be holy. Look at that. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Do you see what he's doing? He's saying, okay, because of your high standing, because you've been chosen by God, because your life has been changed by Jesus, because the old has gone and the new has come, he says, because of this, we should clothe ourselves. See what I'm getting at? See what I'm getting at? Is it Paul is Paul is saying that we got to put on the right garments. We've got to change our clothes. We've got to throw out the filthy rags. We've got to put on new garments. And the garments that he calls us to put on are the garments of tender-hearted mercy or compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And then he goes on and he says, "Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you." Sometimes we forget that, don't we? We do. And when we forget it, it makes it hard for us to forgive other people. See, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14, above all, listen to that, above all, clothe yourself, say clothe yourself. Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect Harmony. Do you see it? And so, so what Paul is saying is take off the old clothes and put the new clothes on and the new clothes of the kingdom of God for your relationship with God and with other people are these, these characteristics, these spiritual characteristics that are tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And see, when we have lazy love, we get lousy relationships. And when we have None of these qualities in our life being applied in our relationships, that's what I would call lazy love. That when, that when we have no compassion for others, that when we have no kindness for others, that when we have no humility in our relationships, when we have no gentleness, when we have no patience, come on. What happens 
is that we apply a lazy love to our relationships and those relationships become lousy. They're not something that we even like. It's not something we enjoy. And it just keeps getting worse and worse because we're not applying the things that God has called us to apply. And so see, it's God's loving kindness that's the basis for our treatment of others. It's His loving kindness. It's His grace. And so when we think about God, we have to understand that Jesus gave us everything we need to be successful here. But we've got to do it His way. He showed us His mercy. He showed us His kindness. He showed us His grace. And He even showed us forgiveness. Because you and me have been forgiven great debts. And see, what what God says is, look at that. Understand that how you relate to other people is directly related to your relationship with God and the fact that God has forgiven you, that God has loved you even when you weren't very lovable. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 5.8. It talks about how when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Like when we were in our state, our worst state possible, and you may be there today, the Bible says that Christ died for you. That's how much he loved you. That's how much he loves you. And that is the basis for us then turning that towards other people. And so great relationships come when we clothe ourselves in the right spiritual qualities. When we start to put on the garment of tender-hearted mercy, when we start to put on the garment of kindness, when we start to put on the garment of humility, when we start to put on the garment of gentleness, when we start to put on the garment, right, right, the garment of patience, what'll happen is our love will stop being lazy and our relationships will stop being lousy as we begin to apply what God has done. Now, at this point, you may be thinking, well, pastor, that's really hard to do. And I'll say to you, you're absolutely right. Because if it was easy, we wouldn't need Jesus. It's not easy. But through faith, we can overcome. Through faith, we can achieve all that God has put before us. Through faith, we can gain victory in every situation that we're in. Your relationships can be great because of your faith in Jesus. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you have everything you need to be able to achieve what God has called you to do. And so when we see this list and we think that's too much, what you have to say is it's too much for you, but it's not too much for my God. It's not too much for him. And so you have to put your faith in him as you apply the practices that he's called us to apply. And so you may be asking yourself, well, how do I do that? Well, Paul says it right here in verse 13. He talks about it. He gives us the list of what it looks like for us as individuals in our spiritual qualities. Do this, 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 and this. Be this. But then what he says very clearly is how to do it. And so in verse 13, he says, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Do you see it? You may be asking how. Here it is. Number one, we make allowances for other people's faults. (laughs) That is not easy, is it? See, it's an enduring. In our relationships, we are enduring sometimes these challenges because not everybody is going to be perfect. Did you know that? 
Matter of fact, you're not perfect. And so what happens is we have to see people the way that we are seen. How often do we apply a standard to somebody else that's higher than the standard that we apply to ourselves? And see, the Bible says that we have to make allowances for other people's faults. So when someone messes up, when someone has a fault, when someone doesn't do something right, is it your MO to jump on that, to point it out, to criticize that person? Well, see, the Bible says you're going to have lousy relationships because, see, that is not good love. That's lazy love. And so you're going to end up with bad relationships. That's what you don't want. And I know that. You want good relationships. And so you have to begin to allow for other people's faults. You have to begin to make allowances for their faults. Number two is that we forgive anyone who offends us. Wow. We forgive anyone who offends us. Now, I know you've heard me talk about this before, is how we live in this culture of offense. Everybody's offended. Everybody has a problem. Everybody has a critique. Everybody has an opinion. And so what happens is we've got all this chatter all over the place. And what happens is we listen to the chatter. or We watch what people are doing or someone even intentionally does something. The Bible says that we should forgive those people. It doesn't say we should go after them. It doesn't say we should light them up. It doesn't say we should punch them in the mouth. It doesn't say we should respond to them in kind on social media. It doesn't say that at all. The Bible says that we should forgive anyone who offends us. We shouldn't play that game. And I heard this quote the other day, and it really messed me up. And I'm going to share it with you, and it's probably going to mess you up. Are you ready for that? Here it comes. I mean, it's, it's, it just messed me up. Here it is. If a believer is out of fellowship with another believer, it is because one or both of them have gotten out of fellowship with God. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man, when I read that, that really messed me up. Because isn't it true that when we get out of fellowship with someone or when we allow an offense into our life, isn't, we, isn't it true that we point at the other person and we say it's them, but it's never us? See, see, that's the problem. I think most of the time we'd have more peace and greater relationships when we realize that a lot of times the problem is us and not them. It's really a problem with how we're responding. And that's the challenging thing. Because see, we try to control what everybody else is doing. We try to control what everything else is going around us. And the reality is, is you can only control yourself. And so the only thing that you need to be asking is, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? Because see, being offended at people is never going to lead you to great relationships. You're never going to have great relationships if you don't allow offense to go past you. Because see, people are going to be throwing all kinds of emotional footballs at you all day long. The question is, are you going to catch them? Are you going to catch them or are you just going to let them go right by? Are you going to forgive them? Are you just going to, and, and it doesn't mean that they're worthy of your forgiveness because see, here's the deal. You're not worthy. And that's the hardest part. The Bible says that we're not worthy, but yet Christ died for us. It's through his forgiveness or his love for us that we find forgiveness. It's not something I deserved. It's unmerited favor. And so we now, just like the Bible says, we are called to apply that to other relationships. And I don't know about you, but that's not easy. And I don't always like it. 
But it's not about what I like. It's about the fact that I want to have great relationships. I don't want to have lousy relationships. I don't want to apply lazy love to my existence. And so I got to make sure that I'm allowing for people's faults. There's going to be people that have challenges and difficulties. There's going to be people that offend me. But the Bible says the way to get free from that is to forgive. And then you say, well, how many times? The Bible says 70 times 7. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. And then here's what he says in verse 14. Above all, look at this, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Do you see what Paul does? He talks about how we have to make allowances for other people's fault, how we have to forgive those that offend us. And then he throws the love bomb right in the middle of our world and says, above all, love people. Put on the garment of love, not lazy love, but a strong, powerful love that's reflected with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Do you see it? See, that's the kind of love that God's calling us to. Matter of fact, that word love is the Greek word agape, which is a godly love. It's a sacrificial love. That's the kind of love that Paul is calling us to. Can you see how if we would apply these three elements of allowing for people's faults, of not being easily offended and forgiving quickly and loving people sacrificially. Do you see how that leads to great relationship? See, that's what God wants. That's what God wants for you. And then I'm gonna end with this because I think it's important. And that's number four, is that we are consistently in Christian community so that we can be loved, known, and challenged. See, I think it's important that we make allowances and that we forgive. And, and, and I think it's important that we love above all. But see, I also think it's important that we have the right people around us. And right now, I know that many of you feel isolated. And I'm sorry that that's happening. I've been reading some very troubling statistics of how this isolation is affecting people. We're seeing um, just astronomical numbers around things like suicide, addiction, depression. And guys, that is not God's will for your life. And one of the ways I've seen, one of the matter of fact, one of the foolproof ways that I've seen is that we get ourselves in some kind of Christian community that can help pull us out of those situations. Because see, when you're alone, that's exactly where the devil wants you. You've heard me say this before, that the devil's desire is to get you singled out so he can pick you off. See, the, the devil has an agenda, and that's to kill, kill, steal, and destroy everything that God wants to give you. And one of the things you've got to see is, yes, you've got to apply these things, but you also got to get some people around you. You've got to get some people in your life that are helping you on the journey, people that are loving you, knowing you, and even challenging you. Because, see, we don't have the right thinking all the time. We need people to help us see the truth. We got to replace the lies with truth. And see, that's what Christian community can do. Because I fundamentally believe 
that real transformation happens in Christian community. And I know you want that. I know you don't want lousy relationships. I know you don't want to be alone. I know this about you because that's what God says. God describes that in his word, that you were created to be with people. And so what I want to just challenge you to do, we've got some new virtual groups starting up. And I want you to go ahead and sign up for one of those groups. If you're not in a group right now, reach out and let some other people in and begin to experience Christian community because it's going to help you. God never, ever designed us to do life alone. And so make sure you get signed up for a new group because I believe that God is going to meet you there in a very special way as he begins to pull you out of that pit, as he pulls you out of that pit of suicidal thoughts and pulls you out of that pit of depression and pulls you out of that pit of addiction as you begin to get some people around you. See, that's God's plan for you. God wants you to have great relationships. God wants you to have great relationships. God wants you to thrive in the middle of this crisis in your relationships. Even if they're online, God wants that. And that's what we have to do, that we have to begin to apply on the earth from our heavenly position. So important we see that. And so I believe that God wants to do that in your life. And so I just want to encourage you to go ahead and join a group. Now, earlier I mentioned something in Matthew 22 that I just wanted to share with you again as we close. Jesus replied to the religious leaders. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Do you see what the scripture said? The scripture said that Jesus, that God should be first in your love. And I don't know if that's true in your life, Matter of fact, as I talked, you may have been like, well, yeah, that's good, and that's good teaching, and that's good virtue, but, but, but I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. See, the Bible says that you can. The Bible says that if you will put your faith in Jesus, if you'll put your faith, belief, and trust in Jesus, that he will come into your life, and he will save you so that you can have that heavenly position. But he also will begin the, begin the process of transforming you so that you can have great relationships with him and also with other people. See, that's what God wants for your life. And all he asks is that you'd put your faith and trust in him. And so I, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that today. I wanna give you an opportunity to, to say yes to, to Jesus. And so love for you to maybe put something in the comment that says, yeah, I wanna do that. Uh, I wanna pray for you today. And so if you wouldn't mind, church, let's all just kind of take a moment of prayer as we pray for those to receive Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are our God that saves. God, right now, I just pray for those that want to receive salvation today. If that's you, just say to the Lord, Lord, I need you. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you wash me clean? Will you put on a new garment in my life? a new garment of righteousness. Change me from the inside out. Transform me. Show me my future. Show me my purpose as I get to work for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, we just want to say how proud we are of you. Uh, we'd love to be able to come alongside you in that. And so if you wouldn't mind, maybe drop a comment in one of the comment lines around whether you're on YouTube or you're on the online or whether you're, whether you're even on Facebook. 
just drop a comment in there. We would love to come alongside you, get you some information, uh, maybe even send you a Bible to help you on your journey. And so please take advantage of that. We do want to help you as you begin this journey, the greatest journey of your life with Jesus. Now, just for a moment, I want to speak to you about giving here at Elevation. A very simple way to give, 77977. All you have to do is text Elevation FM Give to 77977. Very simple way to do that. We'd love for you to take advantage of that opportunity as we continue to give generously to the things that God is doing. And and I just want to pause for a moment and say thank you. Thank you to all of you that are being so faithful. It's just been amazing to see how God's church has responded. Even though we're not having in-person worship, we're not having in-person celebrations that way right now, you guys continue to be faithful in your giving. We are seeing great numbers right now because of your faithfulness. So thank you for tithing. Thank you for sacrificial offerings as we continue to do the work of Jesus because you know this and I know this, but our mission is to see people transformed by Jesus. And that's what we're all about. So thank you for being a part of that.